Good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. If you would stand with me, please. Let's turn to page 380. Page number 380 tonight. To begin, revive us again. We'll sing all four verses to begin the service this evening. Page number 380. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. All I could think about was the fall revival and uh, all those preachers getting ready to sing uh, on our Monday night uh, preachers meeting and looking forward to hosting that again this year. Amen. And uh, what a blessing. But sure glad you're here uh, tonight, our Wednesday night uh, service, our oasis in the desert, as we often call it, where we can come in and get a cool drink of water from God's word. Amen. So let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer tonight and ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Gary Clark if you would open us in a word of prayer, brother. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Announcements and things. We get started tonight. I got to find. I got like two pages of announcements. That's scary. Uh, but we do have uh, some things coming up here this week 
and of course uh, starting uh, next week with our uh, Faith Baptist School and so getting ready to host some games and things like that and so this coming Friday September the 2nd there'll be games at one o'clock in the afternoon and, and of course that's uh, softball and kickball and then Monday September the 5th which is Labor Day uh, there'll be no school and then the next uh, Thursday September the 8th uh, there'll be games of uh, kickball and softball games and that'll be at six o'clock in the evening of course some other things uh, planned throughout the month there of September different games and schedules and things like that but if you've got kids in the school make sure you're you are aware of that and then of course ladies that signed up for the ladies retreat at Berean Baptist Church in Springfield Missouri that's this coming September the 9th uh, and 10th and then we are going to be hosting our churchwide outreach uh, and that'll be September the 17th which is on a Saturday and then some other things coming up and then of course our men's uh, recharge uh, September the 23rd and 24th be going to that the Baptist men's recharge for those men that signed up uh, for that and then also September the 25th which is on a Sunday be hosting missionary Joel Scuffum and his uh, wife and, and uh, child. Uh, they are going to the country of Cambodia. Had the privilege a couple of months ago to sit on his ordination uh, council. And, uh, of course, he's out of Brother Larry Scuffum's uh, church. His dad up in uh, Mission, uh, Kansas there, First Baptist Church in Mission, Kansas. And so just, uh, hey, a local guy and a local family, we get to get behind. Amen. And so looking forward to hosting uh, them. Well, we are going to be hosting, uh, going to be doing the, uh, our fall revival uh, this year, uh, October the 2nd through the 7th. Our guest preacher this year is going to be Brother Ted Alexander. Uh, we support the Alexander family as the Lord's been using them to plant Homestead, or I'm sorry, Bayview Baptist Church there in Homestead, Florida. It's uh, down uh, south there just below uh, Miami, and the Lord's been doing a work down there, and it's been a blessing to keep up. Uh, with that. If you don't know, Brother Alexander has been, before he went into church planning, he, he served in evangelism as well as he's still uh, the president of the Baptist Historical Society. If you were here when he came and presented, uh, or hopefully you got to watch it online because I think we had COVID hit right in the middle of that. It was like one of the first ones. Uh, but anyways, he did a um, presentation in the Sunday evening service on Baptist history and done uh, Shubal Stearns and uh, the separate Baptist revival and movement that happened, and uh, just a real blessing uh, there. But anyways, he's going to be preaching our fall revival uh, this year, and that, of course, will be Sunday all the way through uh, that far, uh, Friday uh, night. And then in the middle of that, we're going to be hosting again the Midwest Preachers Meeting. We just invite guys from Missouri and Kansas as well as up in Nebraska and uh, Iowa to come uh, to the meeting, and that'll be that uh, Monday night. That'll be part of our revival meeting at seven o'clock that night. And then Tuesday morning, we'll have uh, some. We'll have services starting at nine o'clock in the morning. We'll have guest preachers. Uh, we're going to have Brother Don Vesey that pastors Bible Baptist Church in Cassville, Missouri, and Brother John Swope uh, from there in Wichita, and then Brother Ben Moore will be preaching uh, as well. He's up in uh, Nebraska, and we actually had a part in supporting his uh, uh, family. Uh, there and, and boy the Lord's sure doing a work there and so looking forward to having those men and then a barbecue lunch uh, to follow and so we'll need all hands on deck and people helping and serving we want to be a blessing to these preachers as they come in uh, but sure looking forward to being able to serve others but at the same time being able to hear some preaching throughout the week and God doing a work in our heart so with that in mind I wanted to mention tonight something that we do every year as we do fasting and praying 
for the fall revival, and this has snuck up on me very quickly uh, because it's actually this Sunday we're actually going to start. And so I apologize for the lateness on this, but if you're like me, I don't even remember August. It's like going fast. And so uh, anyway, September is just right around the corner. It's tomorrow. And so this coming Sunday, we're going to start our fasting uh, schedule. And all we do is we pick something from each week uh, that we abstain from, that we fast from. Every time you think about it or every time you want it, uh, that's when you pray for the revival. Amen. And pray for Brother Ted uh, Alexander. And so this week, start something of your choice. Uh, whatever you want to pick, if you want to pick something, uh, you know, a meal, or you want to pick maybe something that in your life that gets a little bit too much more time than what it should be getting, and you know those things just like I have those things, and well, this is the week to set that thing aside and spend some time praying for the revival meeting. The week following that, September the 11th through the 17th, will be sweets. Oh, that's going to be a hard week. Going to be praying a lot that week. Amen. We better eat all the maple bacon donuts we can eat, Brother Amer. That's what I'm talking about the week before. Uh, September the 18th through the 24th will be meals or meal. Maybe you want to pick a meal through the day that you just want to, you want to fast from or maybe uh, you, know, you want to take a day and fast or, uh, from meals or however you want to do it. Now, please, if you have like blood sugar issues or health issues or this is going to make more health issues, don't do that. Pick other things that you can do and fast from. And pray, and then of course the last week. This will never change, but the last week before revival, September the 25th through October the 1st is TV and entertainment. Man, it is good to turn off all the stuff of this world because I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear God speak and God uh, move that week. And so again, just want to encourage you to participate in those. But it'll all we'll have the bulletin here this coming Sunday. We'll have everything in it. But again, don't forget about that. And and I'd encourage you to participate in it. Be faithful to the meetings. And looking forward to what God's uh, going to do. All right, if you got your prayer list tonight, let's go ahead and get those out. And uh, I do have quite a few things I wanted uh, to mention tonight. And we have had a multitude of things going on. Uh, and so if I forget somebody tonight, please uh, bring that to my attention. I tried to get everybody on there that I meant to get on the prayer list and, and just different things and battles uh, going on. In fact, I had somebody just pop in my mind a minute ago, and I've already forgotten it. I don't know if I got them on the prayer list or not, and so please make sure uh, to mention that or uh, bring it to my attention. But just some things I wanted to update you on tonight. Uh, of course, at the very top of our column in the health column, Miss Carolyn Moore and uh, battling Parkinson's, and good to see her daughter here tonight, Miss Carrie, and they are getting ready to move her to, I believe it's the Good Samaritan uh, Nursing Home here, assisted living here, uh, right over here by Olathe uh, Regional here, and so pray for them. They're going to be doing that tomorrow, and so just pray for the transition there, and uh, certainly God would uh, give uh, grace, and I think about Brother Moore, and I know this is not going to be easy on him as well, and so pray for him. I know he's a Navy guy, and he's going to act like it ain't bothering him, but it's going to bother him. And so let's just pray, though, that God would sure have his hand on all of that. As you go down, uh, just about, uh, I guess, about two-thirds of the way down is Brother Bob Nugent. Got a call from Brother Nugent. Uh, yes, uh, this, I think it was this morning. Uh, I don't know. Everything's a blur right now, but it was either this morning or yesterday. I think it was this morning. Uh, Brother Nugent, I got to talk with him, and he, um, he uh, got his uh, PSA for his prostate cancer, and after finishing the treatments, and it was like .00 something, which if you know anything about that, that's awesome. 
And basically he said that the doctor said, as far as the prostate cancer, I don't think you got anything to worry about. So he said, we can take them off for that. And so I shouted glory, hallelujah, over the telephone. And that was just a real uh, blessing right there. But he does have a heart appointment coming up uh, at the end of September. He does feel like, him and his doctor both do feel like that it's going to be something minor. But just pray uh, certainly for that. Uh, also, a little Gigi Huggins that's on the bottom there. Uh, we mentioned, uh, he was mentioned last week. That's Miss uh, Zodi Otto's uh, neighbor there. And they did, they did end up calling in hospice on him. So is he still kind of... Okay. Okay. All right. So just a real difficult situation there. And I think he's probably about 10 years old now or something or 11. But anyways, just a very heartbreaking uh, situation. So pray for that uh, family. And then good to see Miss Barbara Bellis back there. Got her, got her cast off and uh, with the hand surgery, continue to pray for her and Brother Bellis as well and his mom, uh, Miss Wanda Jackson. And then also, if you could pray for Miss uh, Ruth Douglas, our missionaries to Brazil to the death. And her mom has been in the hospital over here at Olathe. She's, a, she's from Olathe, and so her mom has been over here. She's in critical care. And then got, a, uh, got an update from Brother uh, Michael, her husband, uh, yesterday that they did were able to move her into a room. And so she has been improving, but she's still not where she needs to be. And so continue to pray uh, for her. And then also I added on there my mom that fell and uh, gassed her head pretty, pretty good. And so just pray for her that um, she'll continue to heal up. And then one more if you want to add this on here tonight. Brother John Aldrich, a longtime pastor there in, in uh, Oklahoma City area, Edmond there, and a professor there at Heartland Baptist Bible College, uh, went home to be with the Lord last night uh, about 10 o'clock. And so they're going to be having his, I believe it was Monday night at uh, 10 o'clock, and uh, going to be having his funeral services, but just a faithful uh, man of God there, and so pray for his family. Anybody have a request tonight or an update or something? That's who it was. I can't believe I forgot that. So I'm sorry about that, and so if, if the Shanes are listening, I apologize, but Miss Deborah Shane um, has been, uh, they did end up doing an ultrasound. She had been sick and uh, found a tumor on her uh, a tumor on her, I believe it was her liver and her kidney, I believe it was. But anyways, they're just cysts. They're not tumors, they're cysts, and they're normal. And so it was a good report, that was it. And so praise the Lord for that, so she's doing okay. So thankful for that. But do pray for uh, Brother Dave and Miss Deborah Shane. We sure miss them uh, here. And uh, pray for Black Bard, amen, and uh, Mrs. Bard, if you will. And uh, what a blessing they are. All right, anybody else tonight got an update or anything? Brother, Brother Griffin? Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, glory. You better take her to Cracker Barrel is what they better do. Son, that's awesome. So you want to take her off the prayer list? Okay, so let's, well, we can take her off, take the hospice off, so. Mercy. That's old school right there, brother. Amen. That's a blessing. Faithful lady. What a blessing. All right, Miss Marie. Okay, we'll put Miss Marie uh, Christian on there for an unspoken. Absolutely. 
All right. Anybody else tonight? All right. Miss Kristen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Good. So we can take both of those off, huh? Okay, so that's John Huffman and then Gay Ashley we can take off. And so that's such a blessing. And sure praise the Lord for that. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or an update or anything like that? All right, Miss Melanie. Amen. Amen. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing. So praise the Lord. She survived that brain aneurysm. And that's today, 12 years ago today. And that's a blessing. And then went back to work uh, this week. And so continue to pray for Miss Melanie. That's a blessing there. It's just encouraging. What a blessing. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or an update or anything? Miss Marie? All right. All right. So we'll put Gary Wayne on there. I said we'll put Gary Wayne on there. <laughs> all right. You want us to put you on there, brother? You all right? I thought you were doing push-ups or something and you were sore and I got you. All right. So that's what I'd have told everybody anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. All right. All right, so let's pray for Brother Gary uh, Waters. Not, we won't put Gary Wayne on there. We'll put Gary Waters. It's a blessing. Hey. Amen. <laughs> you don't want, to, don't want any confusion there, right? I got you. <laughs> this bunch, man. Lord, help us. Help us tonight. It's a rowdy bunch. Anybody else tonight? Let's go ahead and have our men. All right, go ahead, Miss Amy. Okay. Which one is that one? Candy, okay. All right, so let's pray for Miss Candy for traveling. Absolutely. All right, man, come on ahead uh, tonight. Love church family, amen. It's good to laugh together. It's good to pray together, amen. So let's pray tonight. Brother Will Kennedy, won't you pray for us uh, tonight, brother?
Amen. Amen. Tim Quinlan come up and, and do our missionary update, but I wanted to do this one tonight. I got a, a personal email from our missionary uh, there in Mexico. I want to say it's the Navajo Valley there, uh, but it's uh, Brother brother Nelson uh, Dorr and uh, Miss Kathy, and uh, they are just uh, such a blessing, and you want to talk about humble, faithful people and God doing a work, and it's just been incredible, but if you remember uh, back in July, of course, uh, at the end of July, we host, or we had our uh, vacation Bible school and, uh, of course, we have uh, one of our uh, main events every year, the Penny March, and things get out of hand, and, you know, fights break out. It's crazy, you know, and, and uh, the girls ended up pulling it out this year, and so I'm still praying, though, that we'll overcome that and have some revival anyways, and no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, anyways, uh, we ended up with, like, I want to say, like, 3000 and something, $200, $300 worth of pennies. And so what we did was we upped it to 3500 and we voted to send it to Brother Nelson Dorr uh, to help out with a young couple that came up through their orphanage and uh, got saved. God put them together. They're getting married, and they were going to work on staff there with them and, and uh, wanted to build them a little house. And uh, so he sent a thank you email this earlier this week with some pictures of the house that they're building for them and uh, the couple, and so uh, we'll, he'll pop those up here. That's the house there, and so that's, a, that's the mansion over the hilltop, amen, and uh, what a blessing, and then there's the second picture there is the inside of it, and uh, you can see that, the guy in there uh, doing the mudding and stuff like that, and then the last picture is, the, this is the couple, and uh, man, they are, they are just precious, and uh, what a blessing. So anyways, he writes, Hello, Brother Stewart. Thank you so much for your generous gift to help us uh, finish Fernanda and Gabriel's house. I have attached a picture of them, and we will have their wedding uh, Friday evening. So that's this Friday evening. How about that? And the house will not be finished, but we have found a small house for them to rent for one month. And I almost emailed him back and said, You man, listen, they're newlyweds. They'll be all right. Stick them in there. Send a sleeping bag, and that's all you need. Amen. A box of pee. You'll be, you'll be, you'll make it. But he says, I have also attached a couple of pictures of the house. And then he said, please tell your children, thank you very, very much for helping us build Gabriel and Fernanda's home. They are a sharp couple, and I would agree, and very hard workers, and will be a great blessing to have on campus to help us with leadership over the young people. Thank you, brother, for your burden for missions. You are in great encouragement to us and I look forward to seeing you again uh, one day God bless you all brother Nelson Dorr and so just a real blessing 
I'm going to ask Brother Quinlan if you'd stand tonight and, and uh, pray for the doors, but pray for uh, Fernanda and Gabriel that, uh, well, pray that she still says yes Friday evening, amen. And uh, boy, the Lord would sure have his hand on them, though. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 377. Page 377 will be our last song tonight. Set my soul afire. We'll sing all three verses this evening. Sing it out with me on that first verse. Set my soul afire, Lord, for thy holy Set my soul. 
That's our prayer every day. Amen. Praise the Lord. Great singing. Please remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Well, good singing tonight. Good songs. Amen. What a blessing. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the book of Ephesians and chapter number three tonight. Ephesians and chapter uh, number three. And we're going to get started uh, tonight in this chapter and uh, I actually, in this message, am going to say it's a two-part message, but after I got through with the first point, I decided it's probably going to be a three-part message, amen, and who knows, by the end of this thing, it could be a five-part message, so anyways, it's, it's just, I love the Word of God, and I love going through it verse by verse, and there's so much depth here in the book of Ephesians, it's like, you know, it is like drinking from a fire hose, man, it's just a flood of just doctrine and truth and things to chew on and camp out on and so it's just a real blessing it's like eating ultimate red velvet cheesecake i had some of that for my birthday glory anyways all right focus focus ephesians chapter three look at verse number one tonight it says for this cause i paul okay and now that points back to the previous chapter we'll talk about that here in just a minute but he says for this cause i paul the prisoner of jesus christ for you gentiles If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, and now notice the parentheses, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, and the parentheses ends. And it picks up in verse 5 and says, "...which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit." Okay? And here's the mystery. "...that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, and of the same body, and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel." All right. Now, if you're a Gentile tonight, you should probably say, Amen. Amen. Pretty good. All right. That's the mystery that's now been revealed. We can be saved. We can be part of one of the Lord's churches. We, we are in the family of God. We've been plugged in. What a blessing that is. And notice in verse 7, he says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. And if you'll go back to verse number 1 and notice, he opens up the whole paragraph as the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Now you got to understand, that's talking literally as a prisoner of Rome, but also spiritually as a bondservant, a slave, a prisoner for the ministry and the gospel to go to the Gentile people. But now look down at verse number 8. 
<coughs> though we won't get this far, I do think that you need to see this to understand the context. Because he says unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. How true that statement is. And then he goes on to say, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, and whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith in Him. Do you see why I cut it off? Because, I mean, that's like, we would be here till midnight because that's awesome. So let's just one bite at a time. Amen. Let's pray tonight. But here's what, I, here's what I titled the message for tonight and probably the next three messages. What are you doing with what God's given you? And I think you'll see it here tonight as we look at this chapter as a whole. Father, would you bless the preaching tonight? And Lord, help me tonight. I'm, I'm so thankful for a Wednesday night service. I don't, I don't understand churches that are not having midweek services anymore. Lord, it's so encouraging to be among your people tonight and to share burdens and pray for one another, to even hear what you've been doing through us and being a help to our missionary families in Mexico tonight. What an encouraging thing and just so thankful. And what an encouraging passage tonight, Lord. Thank you for the Apostle Paul, his faithfulness. Lord, thank you that us Gentiles can be saved tonight. So God, would you use this passage to encourage us, to help us tonight and Lord, just to, uh, Lord, help us to realize we have a stewardship, uh, Lord, to be faithful to what you've done for us. And so would you bless tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. Of course, the last time we were here uh, in our book, our study through <laughs> the epistle to the Ephesians, we, we concluded uh, chapter number two and really... If you're like me, when you study chapter 2 or when you think about Ephesians chapter 2, I certainly think about, you know, uh, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and so, you, you know, and I always think about that, but as we concluded the second half of chapter 2, we begin to see why Paul took the time that he did in the first half of the chapter to talk about our salvation, to talk about the grace that we've been saved through and, and, and by rather in the, the, the faith and all of that and, and how we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. Well, the reason that Paul brought that up was because he was about to deal with this division between the Jews and the Gentile believers within the church at Ephesus. And the point was to say this, that whether you are a Jew or whether you are a Gentile, we're all saved the same way. It's by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we're saved. And, and he would go on to say this, that, that there is no, basically this, there is no second class citizen 
in God's kingdom. If you're a Gentile or a Jew, you got saved the same way. You're indwelt with the same Spirit of God. You've got the same access to the Heavenly Father and the promises of God. And the list goes on and on. And I don't know about you tonight, but I would venture to say that most every person here is a Gentile to which I would say, Amen. And so because of that, there should be unity towards one another. And in fact, we're going to get into that subject once again in chapter number four. But for now, we're in chapter number three. And what I would say to you is this, is that knowing the discouragement that the Gentile believers were experiencing, Paul uses this chapter to encourage them. That's why it says in verse number one, for this cause, pointing back to that. And so because of that, he's going to use this chapter to show them that God was at work in Christ to save them, Gentiles, from their sins and to give them both eternal life and new life to be lived in Him. And really, if I could say it like this, the bottom line of the chapter is, is really, it's an encouragement to say this, don't waste the investment that Jesus Christ has made in you. I mean, come on, that's, that's why he prays for him at the end. Look at the very uh, last part of uh, chapter number 3. And notice, if you would, verse number 14, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by a spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints, Jews too, what, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all, full, all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Somebody say amen. But you understand these are the things that he's praying for. That they would know, that they would be strengthened in the inner man. That they would know the love of Christ. That they would understand that He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. To trust Him, to be faithful in Him. To not give up, to not quit, to not be discouraged. To not waste what God has done for you in your life. Don't let a bunch of envious Jews discourage you. Don't quit. Don't go back to the old life. Take what God has given you in Jesus Christ and live for Him and love Him with all your heart and soul and mind. That's what this chapter is about. How encouraging that is. That's why I titled it. What are you, what are you doing with what God has, has given you? And again, most likely all of us here are Gentiles and just as Christ was at work to save them, you got to understand something. He was at work to save you and me. And so what are we doing with it? And, and that's really the idea here tonight. I was thinking about this, of course, this past uh, week or so ago was our 25th wedding anniversary. And about 15 years ago, we were, uh, we were getting ready to celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary. <laughs> and we were living in Springfield, Missouri at the time. And, and I think by that time I was on staff there uh, at Berean Baptist Church. I was bivocational. I still worked a a full-time job there. I welded uh, for a tank building company there on the west side of, uh, of town. And, and so I was just, you know, working and, and helping out there at the church where I could. It was also about this time that Dave Ramsey was becoming very 
uh, very popular. And so uh, if you don't know anything about Dave Ramsey, he's kind of a financial guy and looks at things from a, you know, a Christian perspective and things like that. And, and so we had just gone through Financial Peace University and uh, in fact, we had saved up our emergency fund and we had started our uh, debt snowball and we even bought a Dave Ramsey vehicle. Now, if you know what a Dave Ramsey vehicle is, that's one that's very cheap and you can pay cash for it and you use it to ride around to get you by till you get out of debt and all of those things. We found a lady that was selling her dad. Her dad had passed away and she was selling his, his Cadillac. I think it was a Seville or DeVille or something like that. I can't remember. Anyways, it was like a, it was like a official grandpa car. It was silver and had red interior, red leather interior, bright red leather interior. But what we found out was it was awesome. I mean, it was like, it was like driving a boat. You just kind of floated. But what we found out was this, is that when, when the police officers saw a young couple in a car like that, they immediately assumed drug dealer. So we got pulled over like a lot. We weren't even doing nothing. I remember we were driving home one night from church. And we got pulled over. My wife was driving and she got pulled over. I pulled over with her. And the cop got out and said, sir, what do you... I said, that's my wife in that car. What are you doing? I said, I passed her Bible Baptist Church. They're in Cassville. And he went, oh, okay. Ma'am, slow it down. We're not who you thought we were. It's hilarious. I was like, man, I, we didn't even gripe about racial profiling back then. I don't... Maybe we should have brought it up. Protesting. What... A, Anyways, oh, that was last week's message. I already made everybody mad then. I forgot. So, what, <laughs> what I'm trying to get, a, get at tonight is this, is that we really, we didn't have any money. And so, you know, we, what, we, what we did have was going to our debt snowball. And so our 10th anniversary was coming up. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you, you know, we don't really have any money. And so we talked about maybe going to McDonald's and supersizing it and really living it up. That's all we, you know, had going on. And, and so one day I'm getting home from work and I get out and I, you know, and I, I park my vehicle there and I walk out to the end of the driveway and I go to my mailbox and I open it up and there's an envelope in there from Berean Baptist Church that got my name on it. And I open it up and I pull it out and there's a check for $1,000 on there with my name on it. And I was like, what in the world? And so I, I pulled my phone out and I called Pastor Abel's and I said, Hey, I, I got a check in my mailbox for that. Did you guys mess something up in the office there? And he goes, no, brother. And he said this. He said, Someone, somebody in the church knew it. your 10th anniversary was coming up. And they had a burden for you and Natalie. And, and so they gave $500 towards it. And he said, he said, and I thought it was a great idea. So I added another $500 to it. And we want you guys to get away and celebrate your anniversary. I started crying. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I, call, I, call, I called Natalie, and I was like, Natalie, and Natalie started crying. So we're crying on the phone. They were like, what are you going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And we're like, so well, let's go to the, we, she found this hotel in Kansas City called the Chateau Avalon. And it's the big castle looking thing out there by the speedway. And so that's where we went. We stayed two nights in the Chateau Avalon and walked around the Legends Mall and all that. And had we known Faith Baptist Church was in Olathe, we'd have come by and seen you guys back then. <laughs> now, let me, let me ask you this. Now, let me ask you this. And, and this, you don't have to answer out loud. Let me clarify that. Because you crazy people here tonight. What if we'd have taken that money and done something else besides what it was intended for? What if we'd have done nothing with it? Or, or what, if, what if we would have used it to purchase or do something evil with it? 
Do you get what I'm saying? What, 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 what I'm, the point is this, is that someone had made an investment in us with the intention that we use it for a specific purpose, and anything outside of that would have been what I would call poor stewardship of that investment. Does anybody get what I'm going, where I'm going with this? What I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that couldn't we say the same thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is that Christ died for us, that He's given us access to the Heavenly Father. We have the Word of God. We have apostles that had a burden and a calling to take the gospel to the Gentile people. And I'm saying to you, for us to turn away from Him or to be unfaithful to Him would be poor stewardship of what's been invested in you and me. In fact, the Lord Jesus gave a, gave a similar lesson when He gave the parable of the talents. And if you remember, he, one man received ten and turned it around and made another ten uh, added to it for a total of twenty. And the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the same with the man who received five. But the man that received one talent went and hid and did nothing with it. And he was rebuked in the end for it. Because he didn't do. Because what I'm saying to you is this. That's the consequences of poor stewardship. And you and I have the responsibility to take the spiritual investments that have been made in us and by Christ and even the apostles or those around us. And we're to do something with them, particularly live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we just dealt with last week, I realized that there may not be the divisions of Jews and and Gentiles among us tonight, uh, we may not be on the receiving end of, of an arrogant religious crowd trying to discourage us from following Jesus Christ. But then again, we might. But I can sure tell you this tonight, we'll sure get it from the world out there. One, we'll sure get the pressure out there. You can hear some discouraging things from the lost or even the carnal around us. Oh, so-and-so's got religion. Oh, I, I got more than religion tonight. I got a relationship with the God of heaven and earth. Somebody say amen tonight. My personal favorite one, though, is this. Oh, you go to that church. Yeah, you mean the one that still sings out of the old hymns? The one that still preaches out of the authorized King James Version of the Bible? The one still where the man of God gets up and shouts and spits and hollers and, and the people say Amen. You mean the one where they still respond by coming to an old-fashioned altar and, and repenting and praying and getting right with God? Yeah, yeah, that's the church I go to. Yeah, why don't you come on with me this Sunday? Get some of what we got. Yeah, you, got, you even have a national media and a worldwide system trying to label us all kinds of things today. And unfortunately, there are also those same things coming from much of false religion in our day. But what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, is that because of what Christ has done for us, you shouldn't feel like a second-class citizen in God's kingdom. And by the way, who cares what everybody else thinks? I'd rather care about what he thinks anyways. And listen to what God has to say. Don't, don't let it discourage you to the point of giving up or quitting on God. Christ died for us so that we might live for Him. Now let me just give you, and I'm just going to give you one point tonight, and we're just going to chew on this for a little bit, and hopefully this will make sense in the end. But the first thing that I want us to see out of this chapter is this, is that God has given us a minister of the mystery. And that's really what verses 1 through 7 
are all about. They're all about Paul recalling God's calling on his life. And, 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 uh, and he talks much about this mystery right here and uh, the Gentiles and dispensation and all of that. And we've already looked at some of this in our previous studies because if you go back to Ephesians 1 and verse number 9, you'll see the word mystery mentioned. And then in Ephesians 1.10, the word dispensation uh, mentioned. And, and so we've already looked at this. In this passage, again, this passage makes it clear what this mystery is. In verse number 6, here's the mystery, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs into the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. So here's, let's, let's look at these things right here in verse number 6 so that we understand this. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs, he says. Well, fellow heirs of what? Well, fellow heirs of Christ. I said fellow heirs of Christ. Do you understand what an heir is, right? You, you know, you inherit something. You're an heir. You get what the one above you has. And so you understand Christ is our Savior. We're fellow heirs. We're joint heirs with Christ. That means what He gets... We get. I don't know you're just joint heirs with the creator of all of heaven and earth. <laughs> Be a fact, he goes on and says this, that your fellow heirs and, and of the same body. Well, what, what is that? The same body. The Gentiles, he's talking to the Gentiles, should also be of the same body as the Jews, the body, meaning the body of Christ. Oh, here we go. Going to get us some church doctrine tonight. You better get your ears on. Because you understand, it's not some universal, invisible thing. It is a local, visible assembly, a local, visible body called a church. And it means this, that there should be no division among the church at Ephesus. There shouldn't be a Jewish church in a Gentile church in the city of Ephesus. Just like there doesn't need to be a white church and a black church in the city of Olathe in faith. But no, it's the Lord's church. It's the Lord's church. And there's to be one body right here and no division among one another. In fact, he says this, that they're fellow heirs and are the same body. Watch this. And partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. Whoa. Partakers of His promise. Do you know that? The Gentiles should be partakers of the promise of God in Christ Jesus. That means we receive eternal life. Again, don't get, don't get excited. We receive eternal life. We become children of God. Listen to this. Just like Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and whatever great Jewish patriarch and saint that you can think of, they, we are now part of that heritage. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. How about that? Isn't that amazing? How encouraging is that? Now, as you and I get into this tonight, there are obviously, I think, two words that we must be clear on. Otherwise, you can find yourself in some strange and I would say even dangerous doctrine. One of those would be the word dispensation. It's mentioned back there in verse number 2. He says, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, word. So that word dispensation, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, to dispense or dispensation is simply this distribution or the act of dealing out 
to different persons or places. It is the doctrine, listen to this, it is the doctrine that God deals with mankind differently in different time periods. That's what it is. Now, wait, what? wait a minute, preacher. You mean people are saved differently through different... Nope, that's not what I said. I said that's not what I said. Because be a fact, you can go back to the Old Testament and before the law was ever given and see where Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That means he put his faith in God for his salvation. Abraham was saved by faith. Just like you and I are saved by faith. Just like those in the Old Testament all the way down would look forward to the coming Messiah and that one final sacrifice for all of mankind and be saved by faith. We look back to that sacrifice. So that doesn't change. That doesn't change. But we also, we also, you couldn't help but to conclude when you read through the Scriptures that God does deal differently with mankind throughout different ages. For instance, from creation to the flood... Up until Moses, you ever think about this? Mankind didn't even have the written word of God. Didn't even have the written word of God. Be a fact, it was man's responsibility to hand down the truth of God, not to suppress it or hold it in unrighteousness, kind of like we just heard about in the book of Romans in chapter 1. And then, of course, came the law. And Israel, Israel went into Egypt as a family, but they came out of Egypt as a nation. And God began to specifically deal with them. But then, of course, then came the New Testament and the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. And now the gospel has opened the doors for the Gentile people to be saved and to know God and to walk with Him. But the point is this. There are different time periods. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament, pre-flood, post-flood, and God dealing with mankind differently throughout those those phases or those periods of history. Israelites, Gentiles, the law and the gospel. Sure, yes, there is dispensation in the Bible. I know, I know you're looking at me like, well, duh. And I know, that's what I would say to people that don't believe that. Duh. But I just want to make it clear tonight so that we know where we stand. We do believe there are dispensations in the Bible. Is everybody with me? Now, there's another thing here, and that second word is mystery. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> this means to be secret or unknown, but here's what you have to understand, okay, and you've got to grab a hold of this. It's not that it was completely unknown or never mentioned in the Word of God. Well, come on, look at verse number 6 again. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That's the mystery, right? Is anybody getting that? That's the mystery, that the Gentiles would be saved, become part of the promises of God. Please, please catch this. That, that has been, that is rather mentioned throughout the Word of God. The reason it's called a mystery is because the Jews didn't see it. You will find, oh man, you ought to study and read through the book of Isaiah. I mean, I just read a verse, I think it was Isaiah 40 and verse number 1 this week. It may have mentioned the Gentiles right off the bat. You understand, all throughout the book of Isaiah, the prophecies, you will see the prophecies of the coming Messiah, but you will also see the Gentiles' response to Him. You will see this, that they seek after Him, they find rest in Him, He is their light, 
He will bring judgment, meaning discernment and understanding to the Gentiles so that they can know God and have a relationship with Him. That's all throughout the book of Isaiah alone. Not to mention Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Micah. All of them mention things about the Gentiles. The problem is the Jews assumed this was all in the context of the millennial reign of the Messiah. They were so, listen to this, they were so blinded by their self-righteousness. Did I catch that? They were so blinded by their self-righteousness that they didn't see the Messiah coming and suffering as a lamb taken to the slaughter. Isaiah 58, I believe it is. Am I catching that? And this New Testament church age being ushered in by God and the times of the Gentiles now prevailing. They never saw that. You know the best way I've ever heard it illustrated is this, and, and you've probably done this before, but if you, if you could just picture yourself in your, in, a, in your mind's eye standing on a hilltop and maybe overlooking a mountain range or something like that, if you begin to look, you'll see the mountain or the tops of other hills going out, but what you cannot see is the valleys on the other side of those hills. Okay? And what I'm saying to you is this, is that all the Jews could see was the hilltop moment after hilltop moment in the Old Testament prophecies. They, they could see the second coming of Christ, and they could see the millennial reign of Christ, but what they couldn't see was the valley where the Savior would come and suffer on the cross of Calvary for all of man's sins, including their own. And they couldn't see the church age being established and the gospel going to the Gentiles. Be a fact, they can't even see the Antichrist and the tribulation period, but it's going to happen. And it's in that moment that they'll realize the truth of all of the Word of God and how it all goes together and that Jesus is truly the Messiah and I believe many of them will be saved in the tribulation period. It's not that the Word of God made it a mystery. It's all there even in the Old Testament. If you don't believe me, read Daniel chapter 9 and 10 and 11 and 12. It's all there. It's all there. It was their own self-righteousness and pride that made it a mystery unto them. So then Christ comes. He dies on the cross of Calvary for the sin of all mankind. He's buried for three days and three nights. Rises again the third day. Amen. The church has already been established because he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And there was a local visible assembly of baptized believers and it was made up of the apostles. In fact, there were a few more because in Acts chapter 1, there were 120 gathered together in that upper room. They even had a business meeting and had a vote. And then in Acts chapter 2, there was a guy named Peter who was already commissioned in John chapter 21 to be the next pastor. And so he stood up on the day of Pentecost. He was empowered there and began to preach. Had a service of all services. 3,000 people got saved and baptized. Peter came out. He had wrinkled hands. Posted on Facebook. Had an awesome day today. 
3,000 people got saved, beat that. That's what I don't know. John probably unfriended him. <laughs> but, then, but then like a few weeks later, 5,000 people got saved. So John friended him back and said, oh, I got, I got you. A blessing. So this happens, man. There's, you know, people getting saved. Persecution, though, starts taking place. They start spreading out, fleeing the area. And there's this Pharisee. Saul. And all he could see was them hilltops. Is everybody catching this? All he could see was them hilltops. Zealous, fired up, wanting to kill somebody else. Gets papers. And the Sanhedrin go over there to Damascus to persecute them of that way. And so Saul heads out, got his group of guys with him. Son, we're going, we're going. I mean, I could just imagine a fast-paced march and ready to put a hurting on them. And, but they run into somebody they weren't expecting. That'd be Jesus Christ. Saul gets on his face. What would thou have me to do, Lord? Saul got saved. Comes Paul. But I want you to catch this. See, while the Lord was dealing with Paul and he gets saved, the Lord also begins to speak to a man named Ananias who's in Damascus. Be a fact, I would even say Ananias, probably the pastor of the church there in, in, uh, in Damascus. And the Lord begins to reveal to Paul his plans for him. And so here's what he says in Acts chapter 9 and verses 15 and 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, listen to this, to bear my name before the Gentiles kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake so you got to catch this now he's seen the resurrected Jesus Christ that's the qualification that he needed to be an apostle right because I mean these guys that jump up today and claim to be apostles well they haven't seen the resurrected Savior they're liars we don't need any more apostles we've already got the apostles speaking though they are dead they still speaketh We've got the Word of God, penned by the apostles. Matthew and Mark and John and Paul and Peter and Jude. Apostles. Some of you thought I was going to say Luke, but he was a doctor. He gets a pass. So we could say this. He's seen the resurrected Savior. The Lord's made it clear to Ananias what his calling is. But Paul, maybe Paul didn't know it, though I'm, though I'm pretty sure that Ananias would make it clear to him once he arrived at Damascus. But we also know this, that according to Galatians chapter 1 in verse 17, all right, after being saved and brought to Damascus, Paul regained his sight, was baptized, and preached Jesus Christ, but he didn't go back to Jerusalem, he went to Arabia. Now, if you know anything about Arabia, that'd be a desert. And it was there that he began to talk about, you know, some things being revealed unto him. Look at verse 3. How that by revelation, he, Jesus, made known unto me the mystery. Anybody catching that? 
And then from there, listen, you, <laughs> you can mark it down. Paul knew what his calling was. And be a fact, he made it clear in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 8 that Peter was the apostle to the Jews and he was the apostle to the Gentiles. Now, now watch this. Here's why I'm telling you all of this. It's because this is, this is what Paul is rehearsing to the Gentile believers in Ephesus. This is what he's doing right here. Look at what he says in verse number 2. He says, so he talks about the, being the prisoner of, the, of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Look at verse 2. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace which of God which is given to me to you word. In other words, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. And he wants them to know that. The effect in verse 3, he says that by revelation, he, Jesus Christ, made known unto me this mystery. And he's referring to his time in Arabia with Jesus Christ. And the mystery is in verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs into the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's what Jesus Christ made known unto him. Be a fact, he says in verse 7, Whereof I am made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Now, now, now grab a hold. Let me, let me have your thinking caps just for a minute. I'm almost done. only got one point. But it's to say this. What Paul is saying is this to these Gentile believers. Catch this. If God has done these things, if God has done these things, meaning He's called me to be an apostle to the Gentiles, He has sent me to you. He's even allowed me to suffer things for your sake and gotten me through them. Then don't you think He wants you to be saved? And don't you think He wants you to live for Him? Come on, and what He's saying is this. What He's saying is this. Don't waste the investment that God has made in you in hearing the gospel and receiving it. That's what he's saying. Don't get discouraged over them self-righteous Jews. Bunch of whiners and crybabies. Didn't you read Exodus and how Moses had to deal with them? They're a bunch of Baptists. You just keep plugging along and keep battling. And you need to know what God did. Come on, isn't it amazing that when you hear a testimony like that, I mean, it's kind of encouraging, isn't it, to know that God was at work and doing something so that you could have something? And that we would understand what God's done and we would not take it for granted? Amen. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I was thinking about, I mean, this, I'm, it, 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 it almost for me, it reminds me of the, the work that God did to, to bring, and I'm, don't, don't misunderstand this, because I'm not in any way, shape, or form equating myself to the Apostle Paul. I'm just simply saying what it reminded me of. As Paul's giving out his calling and what God did in his life for him to get the message to the Gentiles, I was thinking about what God did in my life to bring us to Faith Baptist Church. And I remember being there in Cassville and pastoring, been there for almost 10 years, and was just burdened and, and praying and, and praying about some things. And 
And I can remember the things that I was specifically praying for and God was beginning to do work in my heart and in my life and getting ready to change us and, 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 and move us here. I had no idea. I just All I knew was God was doing a work and I was praying for things. Like, like Lord, if you, wherever it is you want me to go, I'll go. But I, th- these are the things that I want to pray for. I want to pray that, that wherever I go, there's been a guy there that's just been faithful and I can just kind of take the reins from and just take off. And I want it to be, Lord, where the, the, the men of the church are just involved and they're serving and they're godly men and leading in the church and leading in their homes. Lord, I, I want it to be like that. And I want it to be where there's good godly standards and, and the music is right and all of those things. I don't, because I'm tired of fighting silly, petty battles. Let's just get right with God and serve God. And those were the things that I was praying for. And I can remember praying for that specifically and then... And then like uh, several weeks later, and, and there were some other things that went on, but I can remember, I can remember praying that, and then I, it probably wasn't even a day later that my pastor calls me and goes, he goes, hey brother, I got this guy Eric Watson on the phone and he wants your number to talk to you. And he's from like Olathe, or Olathe, I don't know how you say it, Kansas. And I'm like, oh, Kansas. No. That's what I said. No. And he goes, brother, I'm going to call Sam Davison. I'm going to call Brother Sam. He knows this church. I'm going to call him. I'll call you back. Okay. He calls me back. And he goes, hey, I talked to Brother Sam. Told him what was going on. He knows the church. Good church. You need to talk to him. All right. Give him my number. Sarah calls me. I had no idea how all this happened and come to find out there was a little squirt in the youth department named Jack Parker. Was working at Freddy's Frozen Custard. And he saw a couple that was dressed and modestly, you know, and prayed over their meal at their table. And so he invited them to Faith Baptist Church and they came to Faith Baptist Church. And Chuck and Barbara Bellis joined the church. And when they were looking for a pastor, Brother Chuck said, hey, I know a church you could call. It'll help you, Berean Baptist Church. And now Jack Parker's our youth director. How, how crazy is that? <laughs> and so they called me. I said, okay. I came up and preached. I remember it was a Sunday in December. Scared the daylights out of you guys Sunday morning. <laughs> I came back Sunday night and preached the same thing. And everybody's like, oh, this is just how he is. <laughs> He's just crazy all the time. And then I came back in January and candidated and the fist flew and here I am. But I, I can remember, I can remember though, I can remember going through all of that and God dealing with me and saying, and I'm just like, Lord, it's, it's, I just need some confirmation. And God's like, son, you prayed that a man, you wanted to take the reins from a faithful man of God. E.J. Watts has been here 50 years. Never compromise, standing by the stuff. How much more confirmation do you need? You saw the school, the Christian school, the good standards, all you saw the men already said they're a hundred percent behind you. What more? Oh, okay, and I can now here's why I'm telling you all this. Because that's encouraging to me. You know what that does for me? That lets me know that if that, that if God has done something in my life to bring me here, I don't want to waste it. L- listen to me. 
He has called me to preach and called me to Faith Baptist Church. You know what I, want, I need to do? Preach the Word. I don't need to compromise it. Does anybody get what I'm saying? And I don't need to, listen, I don't need to crawfish around it or none of those things. I need to preach the Word of God. Well, why? Because that's what God did to bring me here. But at the same time, if God did that to bring me here, what does that mean for you? That God's done a work in this church that needed a pastor, so maybe we ought to be in unity with one another and do the things that God has called us to do. And that we would not waste those things. You might get what I'm saying. See, that's, that's what Paul's saying to these Gentile believers. He's saying, hey, listen, this is what God's done in my life. And what God's done to bring, to bring me to you to get you the gospel message. Don't squander it. Don't waste it. Man, let's serve God. Let's walk with God. God's invested in us. Let's live for Him. Man. And I'm saying the same to you tonight. Man. Don't waste what God's doing right. and what God's done. Man. So let me ask you, what are you doing with what God's given you? What are you doing with it? Don't let it slip by. Don't let it slip by. Don't get discouraged. Don't think about quitting or giving up. Oh, listen, because it'll be worth it all when we get there in the end. It'll be worth it all. Let's all stand tonight.